life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, canceled flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone, one big law and order marathon. Oh, you ready for this? Thanks for tuning in to the Road Stories Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Murray Valeriano, part of the All Things Comedy Network. Hey, do me a favor. Go check out All Things Comedy and uh, their website at allthingscomedy.com. Bill Burr and Al Madrigal are doing something really cool at the new studio. Uh, They're raising money for that. If you want to be a part of that, which I think you should, uh, go check uh, allthingscomedy.com. I had a uh, soundbite Al sent me to to play on my show, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to play it today because um, I am on the road. I am literally on the road doing double nickels on the dime. Well, we're on the 60 now, but we were on the dime. Double nickels on the dime, what's that? I don't know. I've never actually heard that expression before. Think about it. Double nickels on the dime. Double nickels on the dime. Two fives on the 10. 55 miles per hour on the 10 freeway, buddy. Uh, Doing double nickels on the dime. That's what they call it. I'm actually driving while talking to a microphone, and now you're telling me to do math. I can't triple (laughs) task when our lives are on the line. Good point. We are uh, on the 60 freeway. We're in the car. What are we? What what are we in? We are in a 2005 Toyota Corolla. We are rolling in style. Midnight blue. Oh, is it midnight blue? Sure is. You can't tell because of the dirt over it. And it's dark. It is very dark. It's dark. It's 4.30 in the afternoon, and it's dark. Yeah, we are driving... Oof. It's six o'clock. We've been in the car for a while. We've been in the car for an hour. Haven't even just passed downtown Los Angeles from the west side. It took us an, basically an hour to get across town. But it should be smooth sailing from here. Yeah, should be. We got to uh, run our way. Where are we going? We're on our way to Beaumont, California. Beaumont, California, some place called the Sand Trap. The Sand Trap. Uh, booked my boy, my good buddy John Cardinale. Johnny C has been on the show. Uh, Bicka college comic he was for a while is he still do you know yeah he does i did my first colleges this past spring and he was actually kind of like a bit of a mentor to me just sort of like let me know what to do with actors what not to do and i think he's also a big uso guy i think he's in japan right now oh that's right that's why i can't be here tonight he's yeah. uh with um dave forseth dave the comic dave forseth uh mark saratella and kate quigley i believe i know dave forseth and i know mark i don't know the other the yep. token skirt <laughs> We were just discussing how much how feminist uh, how much of feminists we are before we started recording. Two minutes in, we're already we're already taking down taking down the girls, taking down the ladies. Us men got it rough. <laughs> we, uh, um, I was planning to do a podcast Thursday night at the Irvine Improv, and uh, I was down there with Darren Carter, and Darren Carter was going to bring a couple guys. Party starter. The party starter. He is. He's the party starter. I actually just heard a story of uh, some friends in Orlando. Uh, two separate friends of mine were in a green room together crying. Uh, I think one of them like, had drill problems. The other one, I think, like a relative died or something. And then Darren Carter entered the room and just left. And in my mind, I'm just imagining, like, who's ready to this party started? Not you two. Okay. <laughs> Darren's a good friend. He's probably listening to this podcast right now. What's up, Darren? Uh, so Darren's coming down. I said, hey, we'll get down to Irvine uh, about an hour early do a podcast. Show starts at 8. Darren shows up 7.59. No podcast. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? I have heard he's a great black comic. <laughs> ah, yes. Good one. Good one. Because black people are always late, right? Take that, women and black people. Us white men have it rough. <laughs> That's right. Rolling big in the Honda Corolla. Is it a Honda Corolla? That's not a thing, but sure. Okay. It's a Toyota Corolla. I haven't even started drinking yet. Um, so I'm like, screwed. I got to do a podcast. Uh, by the way, uh, and I, and I probably put, a, I haven't recorded it yet, but I, I put up a, a thank you and a promo uh, for the donation button. I just want to say thank you to all the people who have been donating. It's it's amazing. And whenever I, whenever I actually realize people listen to this, I, I'm shocked. Like whenever, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm grateful. And I, I thank you all uh, for the donations. And uh, I took uh, some of your donations and I bought an adapter that goes into the cigarette lighter. By the way, I can't believe this car still has a cigarette lighter. 2005. Really? When was the cutoff down cigarette lighters, do you think? I have no idea. It's got to be close to 2005. Uh, probably. All right. So it goes into the cigarette adapter, and then it comes out into a, 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 a 110. Is it a 110 or a 220? I don't for know. Output for, I think it's 110. 220 is Europe. I don't know. I think so. Or is it 220? 
Again, you're asking me to triple task right now. All right, you're right, right. Sorry. My brain. Um, no, no, no. You sit there and look cute and drive. Uh, Nate, Nat's driving. I'm. Oh, not. Could you introduce yourself? Sorry. Oh, hi, everybody. I'm Nat Baymel. Nat Baymel. I've been saying it wrong <laughs> for the last hour. Or call, three years. Or call him Nate Baymel. I never correct people. Um, all right, so I bought the adapter with your donations, by the way. Thank you very much. And so it goes into an outlet. So I have the mixer in the back seat with a line running to the dashboard for the electricity, which we're right, I guess we're coming off your battery right now. Ooh. Right? Just uh, suck up all them juices. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what your uh, um, thing that keeps the battery going. What's that thing called? Alternator charger. Yeah, charger alternator keeps your battery charged. Well, am I actually correct? Because I don't know anything yeah, about I think cars. So. I was just guessing. No, I'm pretty sure it's the alternator keeps. I think I think you use your battery to. St- wow, <laughs> we know nothing about cars. Not at all. <laughs> I think your battery. I think you use your battery to start, and then your alternator keeps it running. I love or it charges your battery. I love that we're just uh, you're a stay-at-home dad, and I, I didn't have sex till I was 26, and we're just sitting here trying to like figure out how cars work. Don't let me into your sad childhood. Hey, it wasn't sad. It was just unfulfilling. Okay. So, how, well, anyway, I'm getting electricity somehow out of the car, uh, running the uh, mixer in the back seat, and then the mixer, I got a USB into my computer, which is in my laptop, which is what we're going into, and I feel a lot like uh, the end scene in uh, Independence Day <laughs> <laughs> with Will Smith and, uh, and, Jeff and Jeff Goldblum, where they're about to upload a virus to... The Martians are about yeah, to attack yeah, yeah. us. You know what would stop that movie? If uh, they brought a Mac and uh, the Martians were on PC. Or if they just had any sort of fire firewall or spyware <laughs> protection. Oh, what a crappy movie now that I think about it. Hey, uh, that, that movie is an American institution. Let me tell you something. Uh, if you're ever sick on a Sunday afternoon and that movie's on, which inevitably it's on, <laughs> one of the best Sunday afternoon sick on the couch movies out there. Was it Randy Quaid who was the crazy guy in that movie? Oh, yeah. I love that he basically just suicide bombed his way into the starship to take it down. And the president's like, tell everyone else we figured out how to take him down. (laughs) (laughs) If you just did a series of suicide kamikaze pilots, we got this thing licked. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Go to your local mental institutions. Find one guy (laughs) who can fly a plane. Send him on in. We're safe. We're safe. Find your potential school shooters and say, hey, <laughs> you want some attention, Junior? You want to learn to fly a plane? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my theory on this show is, and, I, and I, you're going to have to, if, if the sound is off, and I'm a stickler for sound, I don't have to tell you that now. Um, I apologize. I did the best kind of sound check I could. Uh, so if the sound is off, I apologize for that. If you're getting any kind of traffic noise, uh, I apologize for that. But this is literally... Road stories. This is road. We are on the road. I think it's going to be so great that we're going to a show. We can even like maybe record a little bit afterwards. Oh, that's the plan. Like expectations going in versus reality coming back. No, oh, that's the plan. That's the again <laughs> referencing movies I like to watch on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> the scene in Swingers where they're like Vegas, yeah, <laughs> Vegas, Vegas, and then they're coming back like our life sucks. So let's hope it's not one of those. Yeah, because it's here's the. Road stories are a lot like, uh, bad road stories are a lot like humor. Oh, it's, yeah. It's tragedy plus time. So a bad road story plus time is a great story. Uh, a bad road story immediately following the bad road story, you hate your life. Who was it, uh, Aristotle or Socrates, who said comedy is tragedy plus time? I took a philosophy class and I try to get the most out of it. I don't think it was either. Wasn't it one of those two? No, I actually think it, I thought it was, uh, uh, why am I blanking on everybody's name tonight? Oh, good. Well, I'm excited to improvise tonight on stage. I can't think of anything. Um, Plato? No. no. Uh, somebody is punching their computer right now going, It's God damn it! <laughs> I'm waiting for to hear this now. No, it's Shakespeare. I thought it was Shakespeare. Was it? I don't think it was Shakespeare. I thought it was earlier than that. Really? I could be wrong. Well, uh, message in and tell which of us is right, I guess, later on, listeners. But We're not regardless, wise. I just love, let's, let's just, for the sake of the argument, say it's Socrates. I love putting a Socratic spin on that time that I was, like, making hot dog money. Okay. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, there's something very philosophical about that time I was at a bowling alley in <laughs> Beaumont. Uh, by the way, uh, no, uh, no internet in the car, so I can't really look it up. Oh, wait, oh. but I have Google on my phone. Hold on, let's see. Uh, co- uh, who said, oh, hold on. I just got the Google app. This is riveting audio right I now. Know, hold on. I might edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have time to edit this out. Sorry, people. 
All right, they're Googling. I should describe traffic while we're waiting. They're Googling, uh, I'm sorry, people. Hold on. Let's try this again. Who said comedy is tragedy plus time? Meanwhile, people are like, I can't believe I listened to this, this idiot. Carol Burnett. What? Really? <laughs> that is. That can't be right. Comedy tragedy. That's not right. I love how about five minutes ago you said I can't Mark believe Twain. people listen to this. Mark Twain said that? Yeah, that's right. Oh, no. I said. You said Shakespeare. I said Shakespeare. Oh, Wait, regardless. Hold on. I was going to say Mark Twain, but then I thought, hold on. No. Wow, you really. My father in law is right. You really can't trust Google. Wow. Google is uh, leading us astray right now. I remember from Crimes and Misdemeanors. That was funny. It's a Woody Allen movie. Oh, geez, this is embarrassing. Wiki quote. Comedy's tragedy plus time. Well, I don't know if they're going to quote movies or ancient. Weird. Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, comedy as popular meaning stand up along with which discovers the academic definition, namely comic origins of ancient Greece. Quotes. We'll go to quotes. <gasps> Jesus didn't quote anything. Why is he up there? <laughs> uh, well, nothing about comedy anyway. I don't know. Um, we'll figure this out, and we'll get back to you, I guess. That would be great if Jesus just had, like, a little, like, side sermon about stand-up. Little Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, summer in Jerusalem was my longest winter ever. <laughs> huh? Come on. That's a Mark. He didn't. That's a Mark Twain. All right. I can't find this. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm such an idiot, and I'm sorry you guys are donating money to the Idiot Podcast. <laughs> yeah, donate some money just so Murray can take some lessons. Oh, seriously. I don't know go what, back to school. but... Um, so here we are. All right. So the plan is, um, all right, I'm going to stop looking for it. All right. Hold on. Where is it? God damn. Stephen Colbert didn't say that. If anything, we'll know by the time we're leaving. All right, I got to stop looking for this, but I'm pretty sure. I thought it was, uh, William Shakespeare. I mean, it could be. He's, he said a lot of things. Hold on. Comedy is tragedy plus time. William Shakespeare from the Merry Wives of Winster. He could have been quoting something though. I know Shakespeare said nothing is either good or bad until thinking makes it so. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so our plan tonight <laughs> is do a little road stories on the way out to Beaumont, Beaumont, California, the sand trap. We hear it's great. We, I've never we done hear, it. yeah. That's the thing with all these like like one-nighters and road stories. You always hear, oh, it was really great the time I was there. Oh, it's packed, and you know there's nothing else to do in the area, so people come out, and they love it. But then you have those nights where it's just like, I don't know what happened. There was like two, three hundred people here last here. week. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know why. I think Carrot Top is in town. He must be attracting everybody else. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a thing that's happened to me before in the past. I had I was at a club and it was late, and they said, "Oh, Carrot Top is at the arena down the street." So we assume that most people are going to that instead of this. Oh man, it's that was the wrong night to break out your um, your toilet seat after having Mexican food <laughs> bit. <laughs> The toilet seat with handles on it. Oh, man. That That's the only, it's the only thing I can remember Carrot Top doing. That was my hot new closer. Yeah. Oh, you know what? He also did what, which I thought was awesome and just got booed uh, because, again, comedy is tragedy plus time. During the O.J. Simpson trial, he had an O.J. Simpson football with a knife taped to it. <laughs> See, that's good. That's, that's really good. <laughs> that he could just throw at whatever, <laughs> at whatever blonde that pissed you off or slept with your friend and drove around in your Ferrari all day. See, that's the problem with stand-up, though. I mean, like, I understand the idea of it is it's supposed to be your own tragedy that time has, like, let you look back on and uh -huh. be funny. But, I mean, if you're going to do a joke about, like, a, you know, a very topical, like, news event, you have to do it at the time because, I mean, I, no, like, if you hear 9-11 jokes today, it's, like, it's a little too late. But then if you did it, like, five years ago, it's, like, yeah, it's still a little too soon. Are you saying... Comedy is tragedy plus a specific time. I think comedy might, like might just be tragedy, <laughs> especially for some comics. I mean, whenever something terrible happens in the news, I like I don't do as many open mics as I used to, but I used to dread going to the open mics because it was just people falling over each other to try to be the first one to make the joke. Yeah, open mics are—they're uh, a necessary evil, but a lot of times they, I think they can hinder more than they can help. Yeah, here's the problem I found with open mics when I was on the open mic scene. Um, I would just want to make those guys laugh that I wouldn't work on my own stuff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. I, did, I wouldn't want to eat it in front of these people to try a new bit. You know what I mean? And Play that's the bad attitude. You, you can't go in there and think that's the wrong attitude to have. Yeah, you're playing in the back of the room, as I've heard it called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I first started. Who said I, that originally? I think that was Shakespeare. No, Hippocrates. Ah, uh, yeah. That's but a real guy, right? I think so. Yeah, Hippocrates. He did yeah, the Hippocratic he did the Oath. <laughs> Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. 
It also, always sounds like you're pronouncing it wrong, though, right? Yeah. He was also an open micer for a while before he died into medicine. <laughs> Hippocrates? Yeah. He's that black comic, right? <laughs> yeah. T-E-E-Z. He went by Hippocrates. That's right. Take that, black women and men. All right. Oh, coming up on... It's hard to be a white male comic. Uh, we were discussing, uh, before we recorded, uh, Club Moxie is coming up on the right. Oh, is it now? For the uh, heavyset woman. This is uh, where you go to... Uh, uh, it's a singles bar for heavyset women, is, is what it's called in Chubby Chasers. I'm not making that up. It was right there. Well, I guess it was there. And it's gone now. Now it's a Carl's Jr. I don't know what we're going to do after the show now. <laughs> I love that we can't place who said comedy plus tragedy equals time, but you can place where Club Moxie used to be. <laughs> well... Oh, all right. In my defense. <laughs> uh, Priorities. <laughs> Priorities, sir. In my defense, not much of a reader. No. Um, <laughs> this is the way to the Brea. When I used to live on the east side, this is the way to Brea. Oh, wow. We take the 60 down here. We're on the 60. I, I said we were on the dime earlier, but we're on the 60. What would that be? We call um, that the hour. That would be two quarters and a dime? No, we call it the hour. 60 minutes in an hour. Ah, too true. Doing double nickels on the hour. Well, that's got a ring to hour. it, too. Yeah. Actually, we're doing an hour on the hour right now. Are you doing 60? Yeah. God, you drive like a woman. Well, I'm fucking doing a podcast right now. Oh, that's a good point. I can say fuck, right? Yeah, sure. Look at all that traffic on the other side. Oh, geez. That is bumper to bumper standstill going westbound on the 60. That could mean um, a tragic, tragic car accident or somebody just got a flat tire on the side of the road. And everyone needs to know what happened. Yeah, so they're going to stop. No, that's bad news. I mean, they're... I mean, that is what happens when you're just completely backed up. It's like, I I hate everybody, these rubberneckers. But when you've been in traffic for an hour, you're like, I have to know why. Yeah. Uh, I just got a text in from the wife. Just got a text in from the wife. She's being uh, limousined around Los Angeles. Oh, my. To do Q&As for her new movie, Interstellar. Oh, wow. We... Are on the 60 in a 2005 Accord. <laughs> Headed to a place Heading called the Sand Trap. Where there's a good chance we'll get into a fight. Yeah, although I think we're getting free sandwiches, so it's not oh, really? a total loss. All I right. think so. Getting pretty decent money. This pays pretty good. We're getting paid. Uh, awkward. I, I heard I was, I but I don't know what. We'll talk about that off mic. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm getting paid. He can't hear me. I'm sitting in the passenger seat telling everybody I'm getting paid. I don't know what he's getting. Well, if I do well, then maybe I should come back later. <laughs> That's the point I'm at in my career right now. It's like I'm more than happy to go and do a guest spot just to come back and get paid later. Because oh, it's yeah. way easier than like emailing in the cold and hoping that they'll return anything. Right. Uh-oh. Traffic update from your eye in the sky, Murray Valeriano. Traffic update. Looks like I see a lot of red lights up there. Whole bunch of red lights. Let's see if I can get a picture of that coming up here. Huh. <laughs> oh. As if someone can't imagine what traffic yeah. looks like at night. Uh, let me describe traffic at night to you. Uh, red lights. They're going up pretty far. I told you we would hit it about here, didn't I? I would love it if this was someone's first time listening to this podcast. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, what is this? I, they're just talking about traffic for the most part. <laughs> is that how low podcasting has sunk? <laughs> It's just guys driving around discussing the patterns. Hey, I can do this podcast by myself in here. Well, I bet you could. All right. Wait, can you? I, I don't know. Why not? I'm having a hard enough time just driving with a microphone. You can't You're going to need work in the boards. Can't get worse than what we're doing right now. Fair enough. Um, all right. So the plan, have a, have, a, have a fun trip out, talk, maybe tell some stories. Yeah, of course. And uh, do the show. Then uh, talk on the way back and talk how the show went. Yeah. That sounds like a plan, everybody. So there's going to be some gold at the end of this rainbow. Maybe. I don't this know. This oblique, sad rainbow. For uh, for our sake, I hope there's no gold. I hope it's just a fucking kick-ass show. We walked in. We got uh, carried on our shoulders out into the lot. We got high-fived all the way to the car. Uh, you got paid. You did so well. That uh. would be nice. Like <laughs> I said, I'm happy with a sandwich and a good show. <laughs> and Because uh, if there's Road Stories gold, then... Uh, you get punched out by a waitress. Uh, oh. I bomb so bad I get booed off stage. And the headliner <laughs> is a guy from the 70s who hasn't changed his act yet and gets a standing ovation. I thought you were headlining. I thought you were headlining. I think I am headlining. No, I think I... I don't know. It's me, you, and... Do you know I've done shows with him. Tough to follow. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. And here's why. Uh, is of African-American descent. <laughs> uh, Tough to be a white male comic. <laughs> Uh, grew up, if not in a gang, in gang environment. 
So all his comedy is hardcore, growing up a black man in gang environment, and, Which ha- and having to follow him in a black room as a white guy is really tough. So uh, last time I saw him, he's at the Ice House. Uh, he wore a suit. That is my type of guy. Oh, I'm gonna turn this around about me again. Uh, Thursday night at the Improv, I decided to wear a suit on stage. Oh yeah, yeah. What prompted Huge that? Huge mistake. <laughs> Huge mistake. First of all, I have one suit, and I bought it for a very, very special event. So it's a very expensive suit. Thursday at the Improv sounds Thursday pretty special. Improv, very special. <laughs> Got to run out. Um, no men's warehouse for me, buddy. I'm going straight to Prada. Um, so way, way overdressed for a Thursday night at, at uh, the Irvine Improv. There were decent-sized crowd, but in the crowd was flat-brim baseball hats and you know uh flannels and van basically the way i dress normally (laughs) (laughs) and and then i walk out and like a fucking look like a mortician (laughs) and uh and and it's been enjoy the snow everywhere else in america it's been 80 degrees here every day so it's 80 degrees and i decide to put on three layers of clothing called a suit i'm sweating bullets minute five and i'm doing a half hour and i don't i'm not sweating because i'm bombing I'm sweating because I'm standing under lights in a black suit. So now I know I'm sweating, and they see me sweating. So now I think, oh, do they think I'm sweating because I'm nervous? So now I start just getting in my head about it. And then I had to call it all out and just bl- blamed it on my suit and just said it was a bad mistake. And then <laughs> I tell the guy in the front row, I'm like, this is my only suit, dude. That means if you and I become good friends and we pal around together, and then four years later you die in a car accident... And I have to go to your funeral. I'm wearing this suit. <laughs> and he's like, that's not funny. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> that's not funny. I just killed you in a, in a scenario. I don't even know your name. Um, so, yeah, mis- suit, bad mistake. My favorite part about this story is I'm always so self-conscious sometimes that, like, I'm the only comic who, when he's on stage, just has all these things going on in his head at the same time. So I'm happy to hear you say that, like, no, your mouth is still saying words, but in your brain you're just like, do they know that I'm thinking this? Wait, are they thinking that I'm thinking this? I don't know if that ever stops me. Cause you, I mean, you can't because you – unless – you're taping a special or you're maybe less in a theater or you're doing a late night set on late night TV. You're, you're, you're performing, but you're also kind of police in the room. Oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, you got to see what's go- You got to know what's going on in your eye. As far out as you can see, you got to know what's going on. Yeah. And it's that weird feeling where I'm just like, have so many things I'm juggling my brain at once that's every so often I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm on stage talking right now. I should probably pay attention to that as well. You know when I do that? I do that is when um, I do a set top to bottom, word for word, scripted. Oh, and, 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 and I think the audience feels that. Yeah. And then I just got to check myself. say, like, dude. This is me in my head again. Dude, what are you doing? You're just rattling off words. Fucking get in the game, you know? This uh, great comic out of Florida where I started, Mike Allen, I remember he used to call that just going on autopilot. Yeah. He's like, I have my 45. About five minutes in, if I don't like this crowd, okay, I'm just going to put my brain on neutral and just ride this one out. Hmm. Sounds like he's phones it in an awful lot. I don't know. I don't know the guy. Now, you you started in Florida. I did start in Florida. We Uh, can all agree... Florida primarily is a shithole. It is a giant cesspool. I mean, every summer we have some horrible news story come out that further embarrasses us. No, every day. I mean, yeah. I have have a friend, Casey O'Connor. Casey, you probably don't listen to this. I don't know why I'm giving you a shout out. Uh, On his Facebook page, he posts news of the day, and he has he has one of Florida every day. And his and his head heading is meanwhile in Florida, and then he posts the news story. That does not surprise me. My wife's from Fort Lauderdale. Um, uh, how, uh, 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 Jeff Garland. Oh, is really? From Fort Lauderdale. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really great comics who come out of Florida. I mean, no, there's you know, five. Ca- I mean, Carrot Top. We were just talking about Six. him. He's out of Florida. Larry the Table Guy. Daniel Tosh. Oh, Tosh uh, is out of Florida. Yeah, I didn't know that. He started the same open mic I started at. He actually went to the same college I did. Is that on your resume? It sure is. <laughs> That's actually how I'm going to have the guy introduce me tonight. <laughs> went to the same college as Daniel Tosh. Uh, Almost had the same majors. All right, let's let's count them off. Who who'd you say? Carrot Top. Carrot Top. Larry the Table Larry Guy. The table, Daniel Dan. Tosh. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dan Whitney. Dan Whitney. Is, is, Larry, is Larry the Cable Guy. Dan Daniel Tosh. Tosh. Uh, Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland. Billy Dardell. Billy's out of Philly. Uh, maybe he started there, but like he spent a lot of time in Florida. And I mean, like I don't want to say anything that would embarrass him, but he used to like live with a booker in Florida when he was like having rough times. Really? I'm... I've worked, I worked with Billy Gardell a lot for a while, and I'm pretty sure he's out of Philly. I mean, like that would not surprise me at all. I know he's been doing it forever. All right, we're going to put him on the F side. Yeah, we'll, we're not going to. Uh, so where are we at? Five. Yeah, Brett Ernst. All right, he's a Florida guy. Mike. I wouldn't put him up there in the. Yeah, Brett's yeah, yeah. great, but he's not a. I don't think he's a no a household name. He's not a household name. Um, th- this guy's not a household name, but he's like he's like newer onto the scene. But I think he's going to do good things. Mike Lawrence, I think he's a great comic. He's out of right, Florida. Well, you just start listening off your friends. You were at the open mic. He has a half hour special. Eh. He was on Seth Meyers last night as the recorded oh, okay. time. Okay, well, good for him. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I'm, but we're talking Brian Regan. He's he's a Florida guy, he's right? He's a Florida guy. I forget that all the time. And uh, the last guy I'm thinking of, Wayne Fetterman. I know that name. He's a comic out of Florida. <laughs> He's a good guy. So we're going to say seven good comics out of Florida. Wait, hold on. Tom Rhodes. Tom Rhodes, he's a Florida eight. guy. Yes. Eight. Eight, com- eight good comics. Eight. Which I can, you know, come to think of it, how many great comics come out of Indiana? Uh, All right, so maybe uh, maybe I was wrong. But it's also a big state, Florida. That's true. But there's a lot of nothing there, isn't there? Yeah, I remember uh, Tosh, he said Florida was a great place to become a comedian because it's hot, it's flat, it's dumb, and there's nothing to do but either like try to get into some sort of like creative endeavor or just kill yourself tell you what that's how i like my women oh yeah hot flat and dumb all righty then that's right beaumont this is what you're getting tonight buddy so no moxie for you (laughs) oh oh that's why i let an mc do my podcast right there yeah i don't even know if you're emceeing tonight I, I, i don't are you opening I assume so. Like okay. when I saw the flyer, uh, it's your picture, my picture, and Eric's picture, and our pictures get dis- increasingly bigger. So uh, I think I have the smallest picture. You have the next biggest, and then Eric has the largest picture. So I assume okay, that's the so order we're I'm going up in. Then. All right, I, that's still a good show. I guess I think I'm doing like ten to fifteen. I don't know. All right. Oh, really? I have no idea. And it's only an hour. Am I right on this? Is it? Because didn't it say like an hour, the best hour stand-up or something on that flyer? I might be doing two minutes tonight. I don't <laughs> even know. They're going to give me a lettuce wrap and call it an oh, afternoon. lettuce wrap. Tofu or chicken? Oh, I hope chicken. Oh, really? I'm driving all this way. Vegetarian. No. Yeah? All right. I am. Beard makes me look like one. So how many how many shitty, shitty, shitty one-nighters are there in Florida? <laughs> Let's count them off. Uh, <laughs> see, that's going to be almost impossible to do because they just... It's like whack-a-mole. It's like one pops up, it falls down, but another one pops up in its steed. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, the amount of rooms that and I've it's what? done. It's steed. Is that pronounced stead? It's stead, yes. I was hoping <laughs> that you wouldn't pick I'm up I'm questioning my own smarts after spending 30 minutes on this podcast trying to figure out who said uh, comedy strategy plus time. So I'm questioning my own smarts here. I love that we're going back to a two. We'll figure We'll, figure, we'll <laughs> get to the bottom of this, well, gang. One of the, well, we've narrowed it down to either... Uh, Aristotle, Aristotle, Socrates, or Mark Twain. Or Carol Burnett. <laughs> or Carol Burnett. <laughs> on on uh, Google said Carol Burnett. But I was pretty sure it was uh, William Shakespeare, and I think I'm going to hold on. I think I'm going to hold that one. We're adding some tension to this podcast. Don't all look right. it up, everybody. I We're going to find out together. I'm going to be like, gee, why are all my numbers dropping on this week's episode? Oh, they really saw stupid Murray really was. Okay. I'm glad you're blaming on that and not me being your guest. Oh, no. Um... So continue. You're talking about shitty one-nighters. And oh, yeah, Florida. but, I mean, they pop up, and then they just go away immediately. Uh, the club I started at, it was a chain called Bonkers in Florida, and their model of business was they would go somewhere that was already established and asked if they wanted to do comedy, and if they did, they'd put a vinyl banner up and say, boom, you have yourself a comedy club. And a lot of them were just one-nighters, and uh, my best friend in comedy is a really great comic called Ken Miller, and he was headlining... Eight. Eight, there you eight go. Eight great comics out of, I don't know, Ken Miller. Ken, if you're listening, congratulations, you're number eight. But yeah, he's the reason I started featuring there, because we started around the same oh, time. Oh, is that, hold on, is that the Chubby Women's Club? Leg L- Avenue? Leg Avenue. Is that it? Is it? It might be. All well, right. everybody, we passed a place called Leg Avenue that might have been formerly Moxie. Right, and I'm not I'm not talking about a, a bad about the... The big women about the big women. No, it's just despite it's, your it's taste a, for the hot, flat, and dumb. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 a it's a well-known place in town for larger women. It's a larger women uh, singles bar, singles club, or it might be a Carl's Jr. Currently, we, yeah, don't, we know. don't know. Or it might be Leg Avenue. We'll which, look that up as well. Later on, we can rock down to that. Yeah, rock down sure. to Leg Avenue. Rock down to uh, that was a song Leg. from my time. 
Was it really? Yeah. Well, electric. electric. See that I know. All right. Oh yeah, but uh, hanging out with Jimmy Pardo too long. All right, go on. Sorry, but Ken Miller, like he was just a great comment. He was sort of like the go-to headliner for a lot of like opening weeks at clubs. Uh By weeks, I mean nights, because it was a bunch of one-nighters. And Ken uh, would get me as his feature, and so we were usually the guinea pigs for a lot of these rooms. And I remember one of them was in a place called Immokalee, Florida, and it was I guess like near Lake Okeechobee. We're not quite sure because. It was a casino that didn't have a hotel or anything attached to it, so the room they put us up in was 30 miles away from the casino because that was the closest thing to the casino. I don't understand. What's a casino got to do with this? Oh, that's where the room was. Oh, oh, so they oh, yeah, put you up. Yeah, we, yeah, we oh, put I'm us sorry. up. I'm sorry that you slept 30 miles from the casino. Yeah, yeah, because there wasn't... 30 miles from the casino. I mean, like, no, the was casino my, was, was where the stage was. Okay. Okay, that was me being confusing. Yeah, so, I mean, like, the hotel's 30 miles away from the gig because there's nothing closer to the gig. Uh-huh. And when we get there, you know, tiny little casino, it's one of those shows, I'm sure, like, you've had a lot of people say it, where it's like, we're, they, we're told there's a showroom. Yeah. And when we're walking around, we're like, so where is it? And like, you're standing in it. And we're like, um, we're just in a casino right now. It's like, yeah, we're done. Put a microphone down. Oof. No and stage? No. Uh, I mean, like, there's a bar nearby, and there's, like, a couple of seats, but they sort of explained. That wasn't the question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they explained, like, okay, by the way, the music that's playing over the speakers, we can't turn that off, so you'll just have to deal with that. Nice. Also, those are the high rolling tables that are near you, so if you could say, just make sure not to say anything that would make people want to leave those, that's where we make our money. Nice. And so when the show started, there was four people asleep in the love seat. <laughs> And by the time the show ended, there were six people asleep. Uh, yes. Wow, they could not say in a more roundabout way, we don't need you. No, no, they do not. And I think a we lot don't of know why we're doing this. So many casinos, it, I feel like it's just their policy of they want to tell their gamblers that, hey, we have entertainment for you. Right. Just so they can say that. So the people are like, they care about us. They don't want to just leech us of our kids' sure. college funds. Hey, you just dropped 500 bucks. Here's a ticket to the Yeah, exactly. Show. Here's some dudes who drove up from Orlando who don't know what they're getting into tonight. Right. Have have fun on us. The amount of casino shows that I've done where I've just... Are there a lot of casinos in Florida? There aren't that many, but I've just done a lot of on the road. Uh-huh. Whenever I see it as a casino, it's either going to be... The thing I most look forward to in casino shows, honestly, is that I did buffets at a lot of them. <laughs> and that's nice sometimes, Dare to dream, you know? sir. Dare to dream. I mean... I, I do triple runs every now and then. I haven't done one in a while. But I remember there was one in... Cl- no, it was... Triple runs, again, for those uh, new to the show. Uh, I imagine they must notori- a lot they of the do. show. Notoriously bad uh, Pacific Northwest uh, tours. It's a series of one-nighters put together. And yeah. the one I'm thinking of is in Pendleton, Oregon. I remember the first time I was there... Uh, the guy at the sound booth is like, you're the headliner? I'm like, I guess so. And he's like, okay, you're supposed to do 45 minutes. If you only want to do 20, we understand. <laughs> and that was our sound check. <laughs> that's amazing. How much time did you do? I did all my time. Because he's a professional. That's one thing I do pride myself on is I will always do all of my time. There have been really? times. Oh, my God. There was another Bonker show in... The Orlando Improv uh, used to be in downtown Orlando. Now it's an iDrive. But when it shut down, Bonkers for a while sort of cannibalized it and turned it into a Bonkers for a bit. Uh-huh. Is this and the same Bonkers who have Bonkers in Vegas? Yes. Okay. And it's, it was just a big bar. And the first of two nights that I was there, the second night was fine. I actually had fun at it. But this particular night, it was actually a packed room because there was some Christian fraternity having an event there. And at a casino? No, it was just a bar downtown Orlando. Oh, bar. And it used to so. be the old Orlando Improv, okay. but it was oh, now okay. Bonkers. Oh, right. And they, they, I guess they wanted crowd work. I don't know what they wanted because like, if you talk to them, they'd be into it. But if you start doing material, they would just shut down immediately. Mm-hmm. And I was just – I don't know why I was just really combative about it. I'm like, no, I work hard on my jokes. I'm going to do my jokes. And they hated me. <laughs> they hated me so much. <laughs> but I did all of my time, like every last bit of it. And – this is one of those like sick pieces of pride that I feel like is probably unprofessional, but like as a comedian, I take pride in it. Is I mean, I, and I completely stole this like from Bill Burr, but at the very end of my set, I really defiantly defiantly said, "Hey, I'm selling DVDs of this after the show." <laughs> and then uh, my friend uh, Trace, who was headlining that night, out of he, Florida, yeah, out of Florida, nine. <laughs> Sorry, 
he went up and he like, he's a, he's a good comic. He did some crowd work. He got him on their side. Goes into material. They lose interest. Does a little bit more crowd work. Gets them on his side. Does more material. Loses them. He says, "If you don't shut up, I'll just leave." And they didn't shut up, so he just dropped the mic. I think he was 17 minutes in and left. So I actually like ran back on stage to a collective. <laughs> they awed you. Or yeah, they awed uh, me coming again. back on stage. Oh. I picked the mic up and said, uh, "Just a quick reminder, everybody: DVDs for sale after oh. the show." Like, Not Captain Time Doer. Oh no. Oh, I mean, if I had the balls, I would have like finished the rest of his time too. I remember I did a. Uh, I was middling up in Oregon, and forgive me, li- listeners, if I told the story before. Um, we, uh, the MC went up to just nine people in the audience. Silence, just silence. But then people kept starting trickling in, more silence. I go up to about a quarter of a full room, kind of start to get them on the side. People are trickling in. By the time you know, I kind of get them going. Get him, I get him to about where the MC should have got him. I finish. The MC comes on. The room's packed. Uh, not the MC. The headliner comes on. The room's packed. He lands the plane. You know, he yeah. just brings them home. Uh, gets off stage. The MC goes up and does 15 to 20 minutes <laughs> uh, to the warmed up crowd that we just busted our ass to warm up for him. The I deserve this set. Yeah, yeah. This is, oh, you guys did all the work, and now I'm going to bask in the in the glory. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fun Oregon, uh, other casino rooms. Uh, I think this was a casino. It was like the first trouble run I ever did. It was in Coos Bay, Oregon. And it was two shows. And one thing that stuck out to me was the manager apparently was like the bassist of Papa Roach's father. And he was very. Well, can pr- we not name drop on this, please? Well, he I already name dropped Jimmy Pardo. Now you're going to name drop the bassist's father. Jim, from Papa Roach's Papa father. Roach. Okay. What was well, the big hit? Uh, cut My Life into Pieces. This is my last resort. It's a long title. It, I forget the name of it. Are Last Resort, probably. Oh, okay. Or Pieces. Maybe. I, I would have named it Pieces. Maybe. All right. <laughs> As we're critiquing 10-year-old song titles. Well, listen, I, listen, a couple of my listeners have really shitty taste in music. They'll be all over that. I Go still, on, sorry. I still like Green Day and Blink-182, so what do I I, I respect Green Day. I hate Blink-182 with a passion, and if you listen to Sirius XM, you can hear my five-minute bit on how much I hate them. Go oh, on. my. Go on. Speech of dropping. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I also host a show every Monday, 11 a.m. and live. All right, go on. Sorry. Oh, so anyways, it's uh, two shows that night. I'm headlining. And my buddy who was middle and had a really rough time. But, like, he got on tour I needed them to. So, like, I had, like, it wasn't, like, a great set or anything. But I, I did good. And the thing that I didn't really know is uh, they invite people from the first show to just stay for the next show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm... Brand new to headline. I don't have material to like change it up, so I'm just like, uh, I just hope enough people like leave and new people come in that I'll be fine. But there was one guy specifically who liked me so much that he decided to stay for the next show and invite his friends. So there was one table up front who apparently was like some reunion and they didn't know there was going to be a comedy show, so they were just aggressively ignoring me. So I couldn't look to them. Uh, That table that I just mentioned about the guy, he would just like shout out my punchlines a second before I could get to them. (laughs) The guy who came back to see you? Yeah, he's like, Ah, oh, I love this part. He's about to say this. There's a fan. And then my solace was like there was a table of polite Canadians, uh, redundant, who enjoyed me. <laughs> so I was just like, well, this is what I have to cling on to for the next 45 minutes. Because I did all my time. All of it. Of course. Because Nat Bamel does not not do his time. I will. He will not short set any given night. You yeah. could either be a fight. No, not Nat. He's going. He's going all the way. You got to oh. give him the light. Get that guy off stage. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you've been doing it a lot longer than I have, and, I mean, you've been headlining a lot more than I have, obviously. What's that? Like, just, like, the worst feeling in the world to me is when I'm up there for, like, five minutes. I know they don't like me, and I have another 40 to kill. And I'll do it, but it's it's rough. Like, how do you manage that? Uh, it never happens. <laughs> so, I don't know. I've actually well, never see. gotten anything less than a full room standing ovation. Yeah, standing out. Did I mention being carried out on their shoulders? Uh... But I remember there's this one booking agency called Charter Talent. We don't, Nate, we don't, we don't talk shit about people on them. I'm not talking shit okay, about okay. them. Like I, I work for them still like once or twice a year. Okay. Because I mean, they just have the most random assortment of shows anywhere. I'm working for them actually in January again. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're terrible. But either way, I always have a good story coming out of it. Uh, the most recent show I did for them was on a Native American reservation here in California somewhere. 
And the specifics were, I didn't know much going in other than it's a surprise party. You'll figure out what you're supposed to do once you get there. <laughs> Which is a comedian is what you want to know. Don't oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it was like in some clubhouse thingy with a playground next to it. And it was... Clubhouse thingy? Yeah, yeah. It was like... I've never been on a Native American reservation before, okay. so this was like a cool little first So it could have been a sweat lodge. You wouldn't have known. Maybe. <laughs> it felt like a sweat lodge. So I go in, and the lady who booked it is like, okay, it's this guy's birthday. Um, you know, we're going to have cake and whatnot, and if you can just go up and do some jokes for about 35 or so minutes. I'm like, yeah, sure, that shouldn't be a problem at all. So... We walked into the room, and she just sort of points to where the stage is and says, okay, go. And I was like, can you introduce me? She's like, do you need me to? And I'm like, oh, I guess not. So, okay. So I just get on the microphone, and at this point, there's like four children. And when I say children, I mean like two to five on right, stage. Sure. Uh, just batting a balloon around. And I'm just up there saying, hey, everybody, my name's Nat. I'm a comedian. I'll be telling jokes now. Uh, the kids start swatting the balloon specifically at me at this point. Oh, no. People just don't know why I'm there. and They don't particularly care. I'm trying to just talk to them, but they're just aggressively ignoring me. The birthday boy was a fan of Dragon Ball Z. I'm uh-huh. a fan of Dragon Ball Z, so I talked about Dragon Ball Z with him for, like, ten minutes. On stage? On stage, yeah. Okay. I mean, he was paying attention, and like sure. two or three other people, where I would make a joke here or there. No one knew what we were talking about. I said, "Thank you, good night." Uh, got a free meal, and as I was leaving, uh, there was like free two glass of fire water. Huh? huh? I no actually don't drink, but I think they offered. Well, they offered me something better. Is uh, there was one guy who had like a whole bunch of face tattoos and like missing teeth, and was just generally very scary. And I did the lightest crowd work I can because, like, you know, I want to make a joke, but at the same time, not you know, get stabbed in the spleen on my way out. Sure. So the second I get off the stage, the guy comes right up to me, and I'm like, am I going to get in a fight on a Native American reservation right now? Is that where my life has taken me to? Is that what these poor decisions have led to? So he comes up to me and goes, man, I just want you to know I thought you were really funny. You want to go behind the slide and smoke some weed with us? Behind the slide? Yes. Now you said no, you abstain. You're straight edge, right? Yeah, so I I said thank you, but uh, I have a drive I have to make, so (laughs) no. I don't want to question that guy's smarts, but have you ever been the behind the slide? You're not hiding anything. I know. There's a lot of air <laughs> between the slide. You want to go behind the slide? Yeah, I can still see you. You're I behind don't know the slide. if he was doing it to hide or because he just really liked getting high under there. Now you said behind, not under. Or behind? I don't know. Still the same thing. You're not really hiding. Like when he said behind the slide, I imagine like he meant like slideways so this way he was like specifically under it behind it so you'd have to line up like uh sandmen to uh <laughs> yeah to hide their numbers yeah exactly okay it's a star wars reference i got it all right i'm just curious i don't know how many i'm throwing out dragon ball z references i'm not no, star true. wars if you have, they haven't hung up yet um my lap is on fire this <laughs> 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 computer has been sitting on my lap for the last 45 minutes and uh it's probably giving me testicular cancer um well that's a fun word to say testicular testicular Testi- yeah it's a shame it's usually followed up by cancer, cancer or abscess i've heard it uh followed quite a bit with fortitude testicular fortitude yeah oh i will use that in a sentence yeah oh as in like Dude, that guy's trying to fight four guys by himself. He's exhibiting a lot of testicular fortitude. Is that a Bill and Ted quote? Where did you... I watch a lot of pro wrestling. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Do you? I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Really? Yes. Now, wrestling or like MMA stuff? I like MMA. I used to follow it more closely, and I'm kind of casual about it now. But pro wrestling, I've been a fan of my entire life. I grew up around the, uh, and I was very young, the G- uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooka era. Uh, early 80s, Pat yeah. Patterson, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, before he was uh, a cartoon. Uh, I remember uh, the first uh, rock and roll wrestling Express. connection. Oh, the, yeah. Res- wrestling and, was it wrestling and rock connection, I think? Cindy Lauper, Mr. T, yeah, the Captain Lou Albino. The rock and Albano. wrestling connection. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? I remember when uh, uh, Hulk Hogan lifted uh, Andre. Andre the Giant threw out 1987 big, big, big WrestleMania moment. 3 big moment Andre the Giant that guy had an interesting life oh my god you yeah. ever read up on him oh yeah his fun facts are better than anyone else's fun facts I've ever heard like who was it 
Who used to drive? Samuel Beckett used to drive him to school? Who? What? I didn't even know that. Really? Great. I, why am I in, 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 I'm in 1986 here with no Google. I can't even Can we just talk about my, Andre the Giant road stories? Yeah, let's just do Andre the Giant stories. Here's my favorite Andre the Giant road right. story is uh, he, because I mean, like, he was legendary for never being able to get drunk. It took, you know, like hundreds of beers. Oh, yeah. And a beer can in his hand looks like a thimble. Yeah. So he was at a bar one night. You know, he's putting a whole bunch of them away. And uh, two guys, you know, they're getting a little squirrely on the sauce. And they figure, hey, let's uh, pick a fight with this giant guy. You know, if we didn't <laughs> take him down, we're going to be legends around here. <laughs> so they're, you know, like rustling his jimmies as best they can. He stands up and they realize, oh, he's a giant. And he's <laughs> drunk and he's angry. So he chases them to their car. They get in their car. They go to flee. Uh, I don't know if it was like a car or Vespa or what, but like he single-handedly flipped the vehicle on its side with them in it. Really? Yeah. And then he left, and the police uh, never like filed charges or anything because they didn't believe the story of two drunk guys that a giant like chased them and flipped their car over. Jeez, that's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we go. I was right. And- uh, Samuel Beckett, uh, Andre the Giant was a- unable to fit in the school bus. So he would walk to school every day, and Samuel Beckett was his neighbor, and he would pick him up and drive him to school, and they would just talk. Wow. I'm telling you, that dude had an interesting life, man. Sure did. All right. So I was right about that, and that's one thing Google didn't screw me over on. Oh, and it also says that Andre the Giant said uh, comedy uh, is tragedy plus time. You know, Godin, comedy <laughs> is tragedy plus time. <laughs> now, listen, people, if, you, if you're just tuning in, um, we're coming back. We're coming back. We're going out to do this one-nighter. It's a one-nighter, uh, but you said it's on a golf course. Yeah. Uh, I'm Murray Valeriano. Uh, this is the Road Stories Podcast coming to you from the road. Uh, Beaumont is where we're going. I see a sign. 34 miles. 34 miles. We have been on. We've been recording for 53 minutes. How long are we on the road before 53 minutes? Uh, at 45. Least, at least 45. I mean, I feel like it's more traffic than anything. The drive back is going to be pretty oh, yeah, smooth. It was, it was more, yeah, it was. It took us an hour to get across town, basically. Yeah. So we yeah, really. So we're going 34 more miles. Uh, we're going to do a show. We're going to probably have some sandwiches. I'm going to have a beer. I'm not driving. That is true. You don't drink. Oh, have you been drunk on your podcast yet? That's a very real possibility that it might happen right now <laughs> oh, tonight. Man, I, you know what? And I don't have to get up tomorrow morning. <laughs> that is a good... I've, I've done it hungover a few times. This is going to be a podcast of firsts. <laughs> yeah. Mostly I'm, traffic and not knowing what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, you think I don't know anything now? Wait till I get a couple drinks in me and start spouting <laughs> off how fucking great I did in Vegas last time I was there. Uh, hey, Jim Gaffigan, passing a... We'll be at Agua Caliente uh, Casino and Resort. You ever play Agua Caliente? I haven't, but... Uh, I've played Agua Caliente. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. How is it? Uh, where Jim Gaffigan's playing is great. Ooh. Where I played? <laughs> Zero. All right, so this is part one. This is Nat, uh, Baymel. Baymel, how do I say it? Baymel. Uh, so this is part one of the Road Stories podcast. We'll be back. Uh, please do not, if you're still hanging on with us. Uh, I know it was a little bit of a rambler, but... Uh, um, hey, man, this is, this is it. This is, this is pirate radio right here. Sure is right. We got the mixer in the back, the computer burning my thighs. We're on the road. I'm driving with a microphone in my hand. This is right what now. I love about podcasting, man. This is what I love about podcasting. Um, so this is part one. Please stick with us. Part two uh, for you guys is coming up right now. For us, it's a world away, my friend. Hey, man. This is Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast. You know, podcasting is hard work. It's not a job. No, that would be ridiculous to say that. But it is hard work. You drive here. You chat. You maybe get a sore throat. So look, all we are asking is that you donate $1 to Murray. Murray Valeriano. Go to murrayvalariano.com. If you like his podcast, Road Stories Podcast, donate a dollar. Donate a dollar per episode. It is some work. I know that Murray has to walk from his kitchen across the backyard to where he records. That's bullshit that he should have to do that. So just donate. And again, this is Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast. Where did you get the idea that that was a country club gig? I heard it was uh, called the Sand Trap, and it was right by a golf course, so I assumed it was a country club. Well, uh, can we roll up the windows here? Is that? I feel I hear some sort they, of... That's as high as they do. Ladies and gentlemen, we are leaving the uh, gig we were talking about earlier. Um... The closer, I'm not going to call him the headliner. We both headline, so I'm going <laughs> to call him the closer. It's still on stage. Still going strong. Still going strong. Uh, well, so it worked out. How do we? So we get there. Uh, the MC is going to do what? He said 10? 7, 8, 10, something like what that. What do you do, 4? He didn't do much. 
Uh, Material-wise or time-wise? Nah, let's do 12. I was to do 20. And then this gentleman... I have to now. I have. I guess I'm gonna bitch about him for a few minutes. I have to go back to the first hour of this and and, and delete his name and bleep his name because I like the guy. So here's the deal on this show. Uh, at the end of the show, you get paid, and then you can leave. And this was also the type of show that once you got off stage, you wanted to leave. You didn't want to stick around. No. We weren't gonna move a lot of merchandise. So uh, around 15 over his half hour. At 15, the MC is like. Uh, I lit him at 20. Should I light him again? I'm like, dude, you should have been fucking burning his retinas with your light. All right, so let's break it down for the listeners. Yes. Um, apparently, at one point, we thought this was a country club. I don't know. It was a bar behind a CVS. It was It was a bar It was a bar gig, and I think I expressed, and forgive me, um, I don't remember much what we talked about on the way out. So Also, Murray's had a couple of drinks. So okay, this well, will be fun. It, well, listen, if I'm going to drive an hour out, I'm going to take my cash and I'm going to take my free booze. Um, what it was? A glorified TGI Fridays. It yeah? was. Yeah? It was like TGI Fridays for people who feel like TGI Fridays is a little bit too aggressive. Or a little too expensive, maybe. Maybe, yeah. But it was a chain that wanted to be a chain. Yeah. If they could have done a sand... If they, listen, if they could... Uh, what franchise the sand trap uh mr and mrs sand trap would love that right if they could franchise that the sand trap across the country they'd make a ton bob of money. and martha trap yeah that sand trap come on um but it was pretty much it was it was a bar gig which is great because i haven't done bar gigs in a long time so I was, I was excited excited to be able to work yeah it was work tonight oh no, no doubt it was work. Nat got paid. I sure did. Nat Fift- got paid, ladies and gentlemen. Fifty clams, ladies and gentlemen. Nat got paid. He he, he did a he did a strong. Let's just say Nat did his time. I sure did. He said, "You want me to do 12? I'm doing 12. If this was a post game like football speech, I'd uh-huh. be like, "Well, I just went in there with the wrong game plan this evening." Um, my only if and. You know, don't fucking listen to me. My only critique for you would be you went in with the right game plan. <laughs> it went wrong, but you did not vary from that game plan. I sure did You know didn't. what I'm talking about? I All right, so here's the deal. The MC went up. He's a local guy, so he's probably doing new stuff because they have to see him all the time. Yeah. And God bless, fucking do new stuff. That's Don't be the MC who they have to see every week going, oh, here we go with the same jokes again. We got to see this guy. No, if you're the local MC... You got to do new stuff. Yeah, when I got on stage, it felt like the show had just started over again because people weren't really paying attention. I tried doing the material because in a bar show like this, if they're paying attention, I'm just like, I'm gonna hop on this and. Well, that's. I mean, you both, you and I said the same thing. Well, he oh, was yeah. up there. We were like, these guys want to laugh. I did my first two these jokes. Guys re- these guys are ready to laugh, and that's a good joke writer. Well, thank you. I did my like first two jokes. I'm also drunk, which means you're honest, which is good. Oh, really? Or just sucking up. What do you have to gain by sucking up to me? I have to get home. That is true. <laughs> I have to get home. I'm in Beaumont. Oh, yes. I don't know where Beaumont is. But uh, no, I, I went up, did my two jokes, didn't get much. I did a little bit of crowd work, got them over. I figured, all right, back to material. Oh, they don't want my material. I should have just like gone with more crowd work, but I was so afraid that if I did, it would have made them more chatty. Listen, I, sh- I, I do not. I, I Yeah, I, I'm not like the best at reading the room, but I can tell what's going on. But no, I got on stage and half the room started chatting amongst themselves. Well, there are, so here's a situation where you got to... I don't. Maybe this is going to be too inside baseball, and I apologize. Um, but this is a this is a this gig is you have to keep your eye on the room. This is a re. Yeah. I think we might have talked about this earlier tonight. You have to keep an eye on your room. Oh you no! Have to absolutely. See what's going on? And, and like, listen, we discussed it, and I I will I will, while we're watching the MC, we both said. These guys are ready to laugh. Like and, I said, I Nat went in. Said, that's Nat. You you called it. You called your audible. You said, you know what? No crowd work. I'm going in straight with material. And that was the wrong game plan, my man. Listen, but I, I was with you. I was like, you're right. These people are ready to laugh. You need to go in with material. I should have changed it up. I didn't. The one uh, I said to my I was said to my girlfriend. She's like, how did it go? I'm like, not too well. She's like, oh, I'm like, the way it describes like 
it's okay. I've had these nights before. I see what I did wrong, do my best to change it up. The way I describe what happened tonight is I bombed with elegance and grace. Because <laughs> you have to admit, I had my chin up high that entire Dude, time. you did not... There was not a time when you did not... There wasn't like a, oh, shit, well, all right, okay, so uh, you guys didn't like that. I'm going to do this. No, you were You're like, this is my material. This is what I'm doing. This is me. Yeah, so like you're getting it. One of my like one of my favorite pieces of advice I ever got, and I always like try to remember that every time I go up on stage, is my friend Pedro out of Florida. Pedro and Ricky, two Number nine, nine and ten, respectively. Nine and ten. But they told me uh, early, early on, is like Matt, as a comedian, you sell hammers and nails. Sometimes you don't want a room. People want pizza, but you don't have pizza. You have hammers and nails. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Are you too drunk for this analogy? Was that a compliment? I don't know where that is. No, no, no. They're basically telling you, it's like, because you're a hammer and nail salesman. That's all you have in your repertoire. Sometimes people want pizza, but you don't have pizza. If you're a hammer and nail salesman, you're not going to go, well, I can get pizza. Oh, okay. That's your your job is to say, hey, I don't have pizza. I have these hammers and nails, and aren't these hammers and nails great? So when you leave, people will say, hey, those are some great hammers and nails. I didn't even know I wanted that. So, I mean, like, the biggest laugh I got tonight I was off of a diarrhea punchline. You know, it's funny, because I... When you did the diarrhea joke and I got a huge laugh, I turned to the unnamed headliner and said, <laughs> that's where we're at tonight. We're at diarrhea. And, 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 and that's not a slag on you. That's just, that's oh. what the people wanted to hear. Oh, no, because like, that's like a kind of a and tester joke. that's actually joke. a good joke, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's a tester joke for me because like, and if I do it like up front and it is a big laugh, to me, I'm just like, all right, this might be rough because that's as lowbrow as I'm going right. to be getting. A, yeah, not a... Because you had a you you're, you have a uh, politics joke, which is uh, where politics is an acronym for something. Yeah. Good, good writing, man. But these people want a diarrhea. Oh my goodness! And it's funny too, because I think we were talking about this before uh, off mic a little bit about how like within the past year, I've just like been throwing away a lot of old material and trying to like write more relevant, sure. honest stuff, and I've threw away at least probably like a 20 minutes worth of like diarrhea and boner jokes that probably would have killed there oh yeah and so it's i'm still like relatively new in this like new writing style and like sometimes shows like that are just like i i have nothing for you right now maybe give me another like six months of uh writing some stuff out and getting this stuff uh to where i feel comfortable with it but for now i'm just gonna do what i've been doing and if not there's always tomorrow (laughs) there's always tomorrow remember when i said uh i'm gonna have to pee on the ride home (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I gotta pee. Again? Oh, well, what do you mean again? We haven't stopped yet. You peed at the gas station about 20 minutes ago. Hold on. 13 minutes ago. 13 <laughs> minutes. And I gotta pee again. <laughs> the, the baby bladder of... Pull over on Mountain View. Uh, this is uh, Murray Valerian. I'm talking to Nat. Uh, leaving the uh, Sand Trap one night out in California. Booked by uh, John Cardinelli. We'll be back after I pee. And we're back. I just peed at a Valero... Uh, a, a truck stop slash gas station place. Love them. Do you love them because they're so close to your last I name? I do. I do. They're, they're also, uh, I love a Flying J. Flying J truck stop. You ever been there? I have. I'm a big fan of uh, Loves, I think, is my favorite. Loves is a good one. Pilot. Another truck stop, Pilot. I, I think they uh, might, be in, um, might be in cahoots with uh, Flying J. Might be. I don't know. Uh, I just know I see them a lot there. There's always a burrito, a Pac-Man game, uh, a shower uh, for the truckers. Those are the best. What? No, when you get to one of those like complexes that just have the showers and the family rooms and whatnot. Oh, it's for the truckers. The truckers get they get a room, they shower, they 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 clean themselves up, they order a burrito, they play Pac-Man. Have you ever slept in one of those overnight? No, I have not. I'm not a trucker. Well, I mean, this is a road comic. I know no, they do some silly things. No, I, I will sleep in my car. I, okay. I haven't slept in my car in a long time, but I did sleep in my car at one point. I've never slept in my car overnight, but I did uh, take a nap and uh, run a car once. Dude, I take naps in my car when my kids asleep in the house. Really? Oh, yeah. You just get some quiet time? Let's go with a car. Roll up the windows? Put on a little AC? I love how I'm talking about the time I roughed it the most on the road, and that's your alone time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, enjoy your single life with no kids. All right, here uh, we are. We're coming up on uh, we're coming up on the ten. We're on the ten. We're not taking the sixty. Nope. We took the sixty out. Might have been a mistake. We're taking the ten back. Going. Uh, what's what's the cool phrase for seventy? Going seventy miles an hour. Yeah, on the dime. 
Oh, uh, we're doing the uh, Grandma on the Dime. Grandma on the Dime. Grandma on the Dime doing 70. Jesus Christ, you drive like Pat Francis. Um, all right, so we kind of, all right, recap after my pee. I got paid 50 bucks. I did what I could, and I had a gas station burrito. Yeah, by the way, no sandwiches. No sandwiches were None. involved. I don't know where you get your information. This was not a country club. <laughs> I was, was misinformed. There was no sandwich involved. Misinformation at every turn. <laughs> All right, so. You're set. I go up. Apparently, I'm quote unquote middling, but I don't know. I go up. I'm going to. 1 to 10, scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to get myself 7? Is that a little too much? No, I'd say that's accurate. 7? I, uh, I I did a little. A little uh, having worked the road, I, I got a few tricks up my sleeve for that stuff. I was able to um, talk. Uh, there, there was a table that left. I was able to address that. Um, by the way, no offense to you, a table left after me. So I'm not. I'm not pointing. You actually watched more people than I did. <laughs> Hold on, we don't know that for sure. You counted it off to me. You I said I only watched nice. four. I was saying that to be nice. Oh, because <laughs> it seemed accurate at the time. Oh well, of course it did. You were fucking struggling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, there are uh, two guys. Yeah, yeah. So I addressed the people who left, and then I, I did. There's, listen, when you're in a bar situation like that, a trick I do, gra- just pick three people, give them a nickname, go to them, make the joke, about, quote, unquote, about the joke you've been doing for four years. All of a sudden, it's real because you're making that joke about them. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, of course. I, I had a fucking cholo next to me. He was bald. He had a goatee. I told him he looked like Anton LaVey. I explained <laughs> <laughs> to the crowd who Anton LaVey was, the the the, uh, the guy who started Satanic Church, and then if I would have, I was able to go to him a bunch of times. And I just pick three. You're able to go to them. You make it look like the joke's about them. I give it a seven. No problem. I'm in. I'm out. I don't care. I got my drinks. I got my money. You did your job. The people laughed. Yes. I can't believe they wouldn't feed you. Yeah, that's hey, a, listen, I'm not, I don't drink, so can I just get a sandwich? Did you try that at all? That's a very common thing at clubs. Like I've done that many, many times to the point where like, I kind of just understand that that's the way it works. Because, I mean, you would think that alcohol would be more valuable than their food, but I, I don't know if it's like they have to categorize it and stock it and whatnot. I don't know. But, I mean, those two vodkas that I got for you, I imagine that they could have sold for at least 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. Easy. I could have gotten a hamburger. Oh, for sure. They said no. Did you talk to them? Yeah, I was like, hey, is there anything to get food? I didn't even say, hey, can you feed me? I said, as a comic, because I don't drink, is there anything to get like, a discount on food? And they're like, sorry, we can only give you two drink tickets. I didn't even see drink tickets. I mean, theoretically speaking. Right, okay, well, that's a drag. But that happens a lot where it's just like, hey, I don't drink, but I'm hungry. Uh, can we make some sort of a deal that way? And it's like, mm, no, you only get drinks. And I don't drink, so the amount of free alcohol I've turned down in my career is oh, staggering. I, I bet, I bet. I mean, all right, Nat, what did we learn tonight? We learned you got to be able to call audible sometimes. Yeah, just Maddie. go with it. We learned to stick to your time. What's the most you've ever done over your time? Oh, well, that's Intentional that's or otherwise? A good question. That's um, gone. Oh, I don't know because I'm really good. I know. I know my I know my middle twenty, I know my middle twenty five, I know my middle thirty. And then headlining you can do I'm never gonna do two hours, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, I have not emceed a show in a while. I'm actually doing it in Brea uh, in a couple weeks for John Heffron just because I'm headlining next week, the following week and I wanna promote my show. So Oh nice. We'll see. Um, we'll see how I do there. But I I don't know. You? The most I ever went over my time was 10 minutes over. It's a long listen. It is. And here's how it went down. I was in San Antonio. I was middling. And this was, I think, my second time at the club, I want to say. And last. No, I've been there a few times since. Get in the carpool lane, bitch. What are you doing? What are we doing? So I'd been there before, and, you know, it's like I'm doing 30. I say, can you guys like me at 25? They're like, great. So... Like, I've been featuring long enough that I just know what 30 minutes feels like. Sure. And so I'm up there, and I'm like, that felt like 30, um, but I didn't get the light yet, so I guess I just must be off or something. So I do about another five minutes, 
and then I get the light, and they're like flashing the light at me, and so I think, oh, cool, five more minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> I do five more minutes. What? <laughs> well, does they light you when you have five left? So you're getting the fucking strobe light, thinking it's five minutes. Well, they weren't doing like a but 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 like not that type of tempo strobe. It was like a light, light, light. So I was just like, oh, okay, they're just making sure I see it. So. I acknowledge it, and I do five more minutes. I get off stage, and then I check my watch, and I was like, or my uh, phone. I'm like, holy shit, I just did 40. And the headliner was cool. He didn't care at all. He was just, like, busting my balls over it. But ever since then, like, I always, uh, when I'm doing, like, a middle set, like, bring my phone out onto the stool so I can, like, check it, like, when I think it's 30, just to be safe. I don't trust lighters anymore. All right, let's wrap it up. All righty. Shall we wrap it up? I uh, hope it went well for all of your listeners. Um, hey, listen, uh, did you... Did you dig this episode? Let me know. At Murray V on Twitter. Um, hit me with questions. Hit me with... Uh, uh, don't do this again. I, I, uh, <laughs> I had a blast. Yeah, this was actually my most fun part of the night. You guys, thank you so much for listening. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns. And these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs. And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front making out through your set And middle acts doing glow more missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon